afternoon, good morning, good evening, screen rats. Maybe we should start doing some other languages. How about that? Guten Morgen, Oyasumi Nasai. My friends who watch Midnight Diner will recognise that one. Now, today on Television Times podcast, we have Daniel Muggleton. He's an Australian comedian who was touring the UK last month. And after I saw his show at the stand in Newcastle, he was gracious enough to come around the next day and record this episode. We had a good old natter and he was a lot of fun. Uh, We had a few sound issues because I had a dodgy cable, which I've since found, probably been eaten by the weasel from the Weaselverse. So before we get to Daniel, I'll just tell you a little bit about what's been going on with me. I had a final week here just before the summer holidays begin. So I have three children that are about to be off school every day of the week for the whole of the summer. I am going up to Edinburgh for a week of it, but for the rest of it, I will be trying to navigate keeping this pod going while looking after three kids. So that's going to be a bit of a minefield, but it will be fun and it will be quite nice to have them home and not be doing school runs all the time and dealing with all the stuff that school entails, which is quite a lot. Uh, I myself did some stand-up on Tuesday here in Newcastle and I intend to do one or two more sets before I head up to Edinburgh. I'm not performing in Edinburgh. I'm going up there simply to see shows, meet people, record some podcasts and coerce some others into coming onto the podcast. Uh, I don't have a booker for this. I have to approach everyone individually. So if there's someone on this podcast, the only reason they're on here is because I've asked them to come on. We've had some really good guests uh, come on lately, which you won't find out about until after uh, the summer, maybe. And yeah, it's it's going well. I'm getting lots of good people. I'm getting very excited about some of the people I'm getting from television and behind the scenes in television. Shows I like, shows I love, performers I, I really enjoy watching. I just have to ask. And people say yes. It's kind of amazing, really. I started out wanting to have mostly comedians on here, but it has branched out. And I'm going to get some what I would call normals on here too. Some non-famous people with artistic sort of leanings. Doesn't always have to be someone you've heard of, as I say in the beginning of this. People you've heard of and people you don't. So it's going well. And I hope on the other side of summer, we can go into another phase. And I don't want this uh, podcast to get too formatted. I think that's kind of half the problem that I'm trying to sort of get it into some kind of shape, some kind of like question one, question two. I don't want to do that. I want it to be free flow. It feels awkward when I stop and go, so what was the first, you know, I I got to keep it a little bit, a little bit looser than that. So I've enjoyed that particular learning curve. As I said, I did some stand up, did a whole new set the other day, which I liked a lot more than the sort of uh, weird um, abstract stuff I was doing about a month or so ago. Definitely got more laughs. Performed at the stand last week and this other place called Green Man this week. Yeah, stand-up's going okay. I feel like I can write. It's awkward when the crowd is mostly other comedians, which is uh, not ideal. (laughs) You know, you do get a lot of pats on the back, which is really, really sweet. Um, But with them, I do feel like I have to bring something new every single time, right? Otherwise, they're going to know. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get on to our guest, Daniel Muggleton. Here we go. What is taking so long? Roll up, roll up. Welcome to Television Times, a new podcast with your host, me, Steve Otis Gunn. We'll be discussing television in all its glorious forms. From my childhood, your childhood, the last ten years, even what's on right now. So join me as I talk to people you do know and people you don't about what scared them, what inspired them and what made them laugh and cry here on Television Times. 
I used to work at the Lowry now and again, which is this theatre one mile from the centre of Manchester. Uh-huh. One mile exactly, because I went there on a motorbike, so I, I measured it. And I <laughs> mistakenly told them... That is oh, the funniest explanation of all time. <laughs> I went there on a motorbike, so I measured it. You know, motorcyclists, very, very into distances. <laughs> in London for two years, you said? Yeah, a couple of years, yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, I was in Shoreditch. Shoreditch? He said in a high voice. Shoreditch. Uh, I used to live in Hackney in, in the days when you could just about live in Hackney. <laughs> the stabbing days, not the flowers and vegans days. Yeah, no, this is this is peak peak flowers, peak vegans, like just, just near, um, you know, Dishoom in Shoreditch. That's yeah. basically where I lived. All right. And yeah, it was, um, we just got really lucky. Like, I, I don't know how we kind of pulled it off. Um, but yeah, it was me and my now wife. And so we, like, split a room and then the other room was occupied by another mate from Australia who's a corporate lawyer. Right. So that'll that'll tip the scales in your favour. You started to be a lawyer, I've read and heard. Yes, I started to be a lawyer um, and didn't. <laughs> I want to catch you out on some things anyway. Oh, so, my God. You know, you don't want to do that. That's going to be a problem. I'll, I'll be easily caught out, I feel. This isn't going to be like a real trap situation. No. It's just going to be the mouse going for the cheese the very first time and getting fucked. You, brought, you sort of touched on this last night in your act. Not that I'm going to reveal your act because you won't say this bit again because it was Newcastle-based. Of course. But something I was going to say to you is that weirdly, even I'm from my accent, you can tell I'm not from here. Yes. Um, I actually went to Newcastle, New South Wales before I ever stepped foot in the city. Weird. Yeah, really weird. I, I did a round-the-world trip before I did round the UK. So I hit all I hit all these places. You know, like you said, you live in, uh, you say Stanmore? Is that Stanmore in Sydney, yeah. Which is also a place in London. I know all the names are, you know, ripped out of wherever. Get it, get out of here. I wonder how that happened. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, there We're must named be after you guys, isn't it? Yeah, like, almost, well, not, not Cupidity, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying because doing stand-up here, there's not a lot in Newcastle. And occasionally mm-hmm. you'll go online and it'll say, new uh, comedy night at blah blah in Newcastle. You go, oh, fucking hell, there's a new one. And, and it's always in New South Wales. Really? For a tiny place, that place must have like a hundred comedy clubs. We've got like three or four. I think I think what Newcastle has is now it's got Newcastle Comedy Club, which is like amazing that that wasn't taken. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's like the sheer definition of a colony. Like you guys should have had that. Yeah. And then we should have been like, please, sir, can we call it Newcastle Comedy Club too? Can we take .au? You yeah. know, can we have that? But like, nah, it's just completely yeah, open. It's available because we and, don't have any. Yeah. And now now that's flourishing. Yeah, uh, in Newcastle, but as as said during the show, very similar numbers for me in Newcastle, Australia, and Newcastle, England. Right, very similar. Uh, it was it was reassuring, if anything. Yeah, you know? I'd hate to think I was more successful in this Newcastle than the one that I'm two hours from. That'd be terrifying. I only have one memory of it, and I can remember what film I saw. Where you remember, go, you go to the cinema. You go I went to round the world trip, and you go to Newcastle, New South Wales. <laughs> The Hunter region, and you go yeah. to the cinema because it wasn't. It was before I had a laptop, or or like I wasn't travelling with DVDs or anything like that. I think in Thailand I had like one of those little fake. I think they call it VCD, where you buy it off the market and they rip them onto like actual CDs, like video CDs. It's not a DVD player, like a little thing like that. Yeah, and no, I, I remember. <coughs> I remember exactly what you're talking about because I remember this is how I guess I'm revealing my age too here. I had a CD burner on one of my computers. Like I had yeah. like one of the ones where you I could make those kind of at home. Yeah. Like, I paid a guy to put the thing <clears> in <throat> that I could then burn CDs for other people. Oh, yeah. Like, and that, yeah, imagine that now. 
There's a lie online about uh, cassettes making a comeback, which I don't buy. I don't buy that. Well, I, I know Joe Jacobs right. um, is a comedian who has released stuff on cassette. Really? Obviously, it also comes with a USB so, oh, you, right, can, right, right. so you can fucking listen to it. Yeah. But there is a cassette there, as well. There's a Walkman from about 1994, I believe. Oh, there. wow. Yeah, we got, all, we got all the things. There's a mini disc there. This is, like, this is like mini, a little museum. mini disc was the absolute insanest of I, all. I mean, but I like I was I was had I was a fool with the with the MP3 player yeah. because I remember I still this is like this is this is almost like a parable I think basically I was gonna get like an iPod or a mini disc like a, an MP3 player. My mum was yeah. like, "That's what you're getting for Christmas. Tell me which one you want." Okay, and I went online as this little 15, 16-year-old boy and research, like, what is the best MP3? It must have taken about six hours to research online. Then. <laughs> and I was like, I, it turned out that it was the Creative Zen Micro. I knew you were going to say that. Right. They invented it, right? Creative invented it. Yeah. yeah. And like online, everyone's like, the Creative Zen Micro, it's the mm-hmm. best. Like, you know, there's nothing like this for the quality and for the user experience and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I ordered it. And I was like, look at these fucking idiots with their iPods. They're, they're, no, they're no good. They're a bad product. Yeah. I'm getting the Creative Zen Micro. And then it broke within like a week and a half. There was no customer support because it was Creative Zen. And then I just had to have the shit old Discman for another two years before I got an Discman. iPhone. Just what the lesson is, yeah. is if a product dominates the market, just buy it. Yeah. Because there's going to be user support, there's going to be a cable you can use, there's going to be everything you need available everywhere forever. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do anything on your own. I got a flat Join the herd. <laughs> I got a flat player in about 2012, I think. I was so oh, sick of like, like... the lossless audio thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, wow. Oh, my God, it was annoying. Fucking like... <laughs> <laughs> I had to become like a metadata programmer and it, it just didn't work properly. It sounded great, but because I got really fed up with the sounds of I, I did this really, you know, anal thing where I got a CD, I got the same album. I bought a Billy Joel album that I knew, right? Because it has a great sort of 70s mix on it, right? Sure. So you can hear left and right. It's a sound, wanky sound thing. And I got a mini disc, I got a CD, discman, got the tape, and I got them all. And then I listened to them all and then I put them on the iPod and then I decided. Well, you know what? CDs are the best. Let's just go with CDs. So then I went with a lossless player for everything else. And I just got really <laughs> bored with it. I know. It's, and I spent so much time on Dude, this Dude, like, show. how so single time. were you? Like, no, I was with my... <laughs> what? No yeah, way. No yeah, way. Yeah, You're yeah. in a relationship. I was in a relationship. You, you had to say to another human being, yeah, like, she you came know what home. I'm going to do this afternoon? Because why have you got, like, seven oh, different devices out God. on the bed? Yeah, I would prefer my wife to walk in on me having a wank, just full-blown <laughs> to the weirdest porn ever, than to fucking have an audio test in the afternoon. <laughs> this is what I do when you're out. to drink that drink Prime, you know, so I bought some for him. Prime? Prime, you heard about this? What's Prime? Might be a UK thing. Yeah. Kids have all been duped into this scam drink called Prime. It's, it's, the, um, it's the energy drink thing. Yeah, I represented yeah, the show, reference. but I don't yeah, know what yeah, it's, it's called. Yeah, it's called it's, Prime. It's called Prime. Yeah. It's just cunty liquid. It tastes <laughs> exactly like... Have you ever had pockery sweat? It's just cunty liquid. It's like <laughs> such a British sentence. So, cunty liquid. Cunty it's liquid. Aquarius or pockery sweat kind of Asian rehydration drink flavour. And sure. then add a shit a load of um, 10% uh, coconut milk, 90% poisonous fucking sugar. Mm. 
And I said to my kid, like, you would not be able to tell the difference between that and if I got a pockery sweat or some old cheap Gatorade type thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, let's do a taste test then. So now I've got to do a fucking taste test. So he's got the gene. He's got the gene. He's got the gene. That's nice. It's good to know the kid's yours. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to create a frustrating life for the pair of you. But, you know, <laughs> I like... Uh, <laughs> so you're doing Edinburgh this year. I'm uh, doing Edinburgh this year. Free Fringe. This episode will go out. Just as you begin it, or just before, actually. So uh, I can I can see on the whiteboard. It'll be, it'll be bang on. I can I can see the release date on the yeah, whiteboard. You've never seen such organisation. <laughs> and I'm released on July 26th. And if if there that isn't go. the case, you no, will know is, as a listener, no, I got bumped for someone more important. No, 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 no bumping. I don't care who we get. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the OCD of first come first serve. I mean, I love that. It's like I don't care who we get. I say to my esteemed guest, Daniel Muggleton. <laughs> no, like, I don't mean way that. to make a fella feel welcome. <laughs> ever do it was when they gave me the free apartment free apartment we used to get uh, off george's square was, was that like free apartment and pay yes it was pay okay uh, i pay thought was it was not, like contra oh no no well no the <laughs> others don't get anything they have to pay their own gigs and if they're up if there's a person operating your show that person is paying to be there they are, i know they are not getting enough money like i used to fight for this they used to give the crew a five pound voucher for lunch to help with their lunch what? And I said, but everything outside is £10. <laughs> he goes, yeah, but if they put two together, I guess make it 10 quid. Let the fuckers eat. You got them stuck in a dark room for 12 hours a day, not paying them. You could at least give them a sandwich, <laughs> a fucking toasty or something. Dude, like the weird kind of like carryover serfdom of UK culture is incredible. Like it's just like, but you simply must, you simply must do this for free. Then one day you'll get paid. And it's yeah. just like, no, nah, you can just fucking start getting paid, cunt. Like don't worry about it. You know, my wife worked for Starbucks for an afternoon. They didn't pay her. You know, they brought her in on a trial for like eight hours, work them to death, and then say, "Yeah." I mean, I like <laughs> I like that I'm saying this as like a comedian who obviously has done so many unpaid gigs, just yeah. endless unpaid, yeah, 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 yeah. like drive to Newcastle in Australia for two hours for ten minutes for free. Because I'm like, ten minutes for me? All right, I'll come. Yeah. yeah. So you're doing the free friend? You say it's like a. So where is that again? I'm, I'm in I'm in uh, Cab Voltaire doing mm-hmm. my solo show in the main room and then I host an Australian showcase at uh, the Counting House. Well, look, there's the Counting House and the Pear Tree and I'm forgetting mm-hmm. that this year I am, in fact, in the Pear Tree. The Pear Tree. Having, having spent many years in the Counting House. I love the Counting House. That's, my, that's my little home away from I like home. that one, yeah. I- yes, I did a gig in there for free uh, to the line, to the line of people buying tickets oh. for other shows. Someone mm-hmm. was like, come do this show, it's great. What time's that Aussie Showcase show on? I think it's 2pm or 2.30. Oh, right. I'm not I sure trying to know. Co- I'm coming up at uh, August 13th, on the, also on the board. I'll try, <laughs> I'll try, and, <laughs> try and squeeze in. Just, I just need everyone at home to know that the train up and train home are, in fact, on the whiteboard. Like, somehow you'd forget your not means the times, of transport. Though, right? Not the times, just like... Look, I like to cross things out. What can I say? Oh, fuck, you do. You tick and cross. I tick and... Holy double, shit. Double tick. The, the first guest of the... A recording tick, an editing tick, and then a cross out. Holy cross shit. Cross out once it goes up, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, you've... Like, you're wasted in this. You could have you could have been some kind of businessman. <laughs> I've got post-it notes as a coaster. Oh, my God. <laughs> this level of efficiency creeps me out. your first tv crush hmm okay so like this is a, 
Does it have to be TV? Like, is it like a television show as like opposed to a movie? Uh, if you saw the movie on the television. I, 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 we had like a rear project. Remember those? The rear projection yeah, TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one of those at my dad's place for a bit. Wow. Just like this big fucker. Like yeah, so yeah. big. Rear projection, horrible picture quality. Really? Yeah. I can't but remember what the picture big, looked like. Yeah, yeah massive. Huge. Like, a, like almost like an old-fashioned television, like really deep. Yeah, like yeah. deep, fat, wide, but then like just this bizarre picture quality. I'm trying to think because like my, like th- this could be a, an issue for this podcast That's in right. general, but my, my childhood memories are fuzzy at best. Um, like the, the one that came to my mind quickly was actually Cameron Diaz. Mm. I don't know why. It's because it's the mask, right? Yeah. The yeah. mask was like my favourite... Like, I got a Jack Russell called Milo because oh, really? of the mask. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The cheese, not the cheese. And you're like, yeah, yeah. just... It's that Zoom shot they did as she bends. She bends oh, and, she, and then she stands up and they do the thing and, and Jim Carrey goes, fucking face drops and his mate thinks he's got he's got a chance, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it's really funny watching that back as, like, a grown-up and yeah. realising, seeing that as a seven-year-old, it's very horny and, very. like, you miss that completely. Yeah, like, yeah. you get that she's supposed to be hot, but you don't understand that, like, other people are horny for yeah, her. the dads. Yeah, just, <laughs> like, just like, ooh. Um, and then, yeah, like, very dark. Very. Like, just well, yeah, very the, the, the golf murdery. Club. Yeah, well, um, what's his name? Dorian Tyrell. He puts a golf tee in the guy's yeah, yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. and then he whacks it. You don't see it, but you hear the click and it's just like, you know, oh, it's it's horrible. Yeah, and like just the kind of swallowing all the bullets and like shooting them at everybody. Like even like Jim Carrey is like the comedic hero. Mm. Like, you know, does the balloon animal like, that's right, a Tommy yeah, yeah. gun and just yeah. shoots everybody Wrong again. Wrong pocket. You, yeah. have to, you have to talk over that one with the kids. Johnson milk. Wrong pocket. Sorry, kids. <laughs> like, he has so many bits. Or the... Uh, they don't show that either, the uh, exhaust pipes up the arsehole. You just yeah. assume. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he's going to shove them up there and they're kind of hanging from the thing. And you're just like, <laughs> and you know, there you are as a seven-year-old being like, should I jerk off to Cameron Diaz? Like, I don't know. This movie seems to be encouraging me to, but uh, I don't know if there'd be a result, you know? But that's the thing, it's before you even knew what it was. So you yeah. just... Well, like, it's funny because, like, I think it kind of started there, but then in There's Something About Mary, that's when I was really like, yeah, there is. Mm. And now my wife's name is Mary. And I'm like, have I just been programmed? Mm-hmm. You know, did I, did I, did I self-determine? Or have I just been chasing Cameron Diaz my whole, my whole life? <laughs> Mary, that's my mum's name. So we'll, we will stick to it. It's, it's, it's my uh, former stepmom's name. It's my grandmother's name. It's my auntie's name. My grandmother's name as well. Yeah. Catholic. Good to see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like Mike, Mary's and John's all the way. Yeah, exactly. So when you're like, you know, you're like Mary, like you know, in some kind of coital exchange, you're like, how many generations in my family am I fucking? I like a good fake name. Like I, think, I think I found out my my nan's name at a funeral, and the priest forgot it as well because like everyone just called her Pat. Right? right, that was what everyone called it. But yeah. her actual name is Cecilia. My granddad was the same. He was called Sonny. So I just thought his name was Sonny. Turns out his name is Patrick. Yeah. None of these fuckers use their real names. No. Where are they hiding from? I don't know. What, I, what? I assume the goddamn government. Yeah. Have well, you heard about these guys? <laughs> definitely my parents. <laughs> my grandparents, not so much. Okay, we'll jump here because I, I know you've got to be places. That's uh, all right. This man is going to Manchester today from here. Two hours 57 on the motorway. I've checked for you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, from here, if you go straight. Do you remember a TV show or something you saw on television that scared the shit out of you? Maybe it was a kids' TV show they made, which they thought was okay, 
but it actually left a, a dark mark. Yeah, I mean, like, Australian kids' TV in the 90s was pretty, like, acid-laden, uh, Yeah, I think. Like, the writers were definitely on one. But the one scene I remember, and I don't know what this was, it yeah. was my dad watching it, as it always is, and he was watching some, I don't know if it was a movie or a TV show, there's this one scene where it was, like, this knight, like, this red knight in kind of red armour yeah. just got pierced in the stomach with a spear and just... Like blood just kind of just goes rah, like you know, like real yeah. kind of gory, kind of like yeah, yeah. like you know, but like nineties like effects where it's yeah, just yeah. like you know ketchup. some kind with a yeah ketchup just spraying it out of a hole, like ah. And I just Too remember bright. watching that, being like, whoa, like yeah, this yeah. is this is you know, life is short, wow. you know. And I think I was probably like four, four, somewhere between four and six. No, oh, wow, that's like young, way too early, like very young. And I just kind of mm. remember clocking it. And being like, well, that's because I don't think I was supposed to be watching it. No, I think he was just watching it, and I just kind of sat there for a bit because I was an only child so like I never got like the older sibling watching a thing that yeah. you were then kind of allowed to watch because right. otherwise it'd be you know into family discrimination or whatever mm-hmm. um and like yeah so I never really got that but like I remember my cousins were talking about watching like it like the Stephen Ooh. King kind of thing it when they were very young and they were like I think to be honest when someone describes it to you it's yeah. so much more terrifying than just seeing it yeah, like because I I'd never I still haven't seen the film yet to be honest, but the like I know one, what it's about. Now. Either of them, I've oh, never watched either. Stay one. away, they're fucking horrific. They're scary oh. or just bad films. Uh, I don't like anything where bad things happen to children. Uh-huh. So a few minutes in, I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that's that's very a very honourable position, but like it's just funny because like in my head, I think like I'm capable of imagining such a more sinister film hmm. than like they're capable of showing. The Koreans do it too now with television, with all the Netflix stuff. They make, like, daytime seem scary. It'll Mm. just be, like, a toilet or a bathroom or a shopping mall. And nothing's happening, and it's what you imagine. Like, I worked on this play called Woman in Black for years, mm. and that's all about that. It's, you don't see much. It's just you imagine. And that's so much worse. Because, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the like once the kind of mystery is revealed, then you're, like, it's kind of concrete and you can deal with it. Yeah. But, like, your own fucking mind, like, playing on your own anxiety, you're like, oh, man, this is this could be anything. I'm not a big horror guy. No. Even as, like, a kid, I remember we went to, like, a sleepover. This is, like, when I was, like, 13, and it was, yeah. like, we're going to watch a scary movie. And then, like, one of the parents went outside to kind of look like one of the characters. And oh, the right. kids were like, ah! And I'm like, that's oh, just that's clearly it. your dad. He's disappeared. Yeah, yeah. He's right there. It's old dad tricks. And, and, they're, and they're just like, why do you need to ruin this? Like, even as a, even as a 12-year-old, I'm just a fucking wet blanket. Uh-huh. You know? that's, okay. that's something to learn about yourself, I think, early. Just like, I'm not fun. I'm not willing to suspend disbelief for the good of the group. I'm like, it's just some guy. Don't be afraid. What are you talking about? Give me more ice cream. You know? My granddad used to get a mop, like a, a string mop, you know, old-fashioned mop, mm. not a flat one, and he put <laughs> cigarettes in them, apparently. It sounds like how did he even manage to do that catching fire, but he used to light cigarettes, apparently, get them all red, stick them in, and then poke the mop up to the top window to scare the kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty great. Like, yeah, that's, that's what my mum grew up with. That's a proper trick. started thinking about Chris Lilly's shows lately, like Summer Heights Night. That would not fucking fly right now. I mean, 
I mean, I love summer hikes. Hi. Well, like this, this is the thing you're dealing with. Like you're dealing with like an Australian person. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. a country, a country whose relationship with blackface is, oh, isn't yeah. quite Canadian prime minister, but like it's it's thereabouts. Like you know, we had I think hey hey it's Saturday. I think it was like 2000. I want to say it was like 2005, but it might have even been later. Really? And like there was like not a minstrel act, but mm. like not not a minstrel act. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like a guy came out as like Michael Jackson, who's also become increasingly problematic since then. <laughs> But, like, kind of blacked up with, like, two marionettes either side and kind of did, like, some dance. Right. And there was, like, a black American actor who was, like, I think one of the judges. And was, he was right. just like, what the fuck is this? Like, you can't be doing this. And we're <laughs> just like, what? What are you talking about? It's what Michael Jackson looks like, you know? But, like, I, I don't know. For me, it doesn't... None of that seems, like, that inappropriate, you know? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not kind of of the opinion... Where it's like you're just like that was bad, like to put that on TV, but like inappropriate. Like one of the things is definitely, and like I'll I'll say this delicately because I'm here. Like the p word, right? Mm-hmm. Like here, hardcore. Do not say no way. one of the worst things you could possibly say. Yeah. But I swear on my life that is how we would refer to the cricket team. Right. Like you just say that word as a plural, and that right. would imply. The Pakistani cricket team. Right. Like, that's what you were saying. So there's no hate behind it. It's None. Just, it was just a slang term. Yeah. Like, right. you look at the old, like, 12th Man albums yeah. and stuff. Like, they all do it. And I swear, like, on the TV, like, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, just not, like, a thing. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel... I feel like that is kind of inappropriate, but like at the same mm. time, like like it's there's no context for it in Australia. And now that like the world has become a bit more global, yeah, like now we wouldn't do it because like clearly that would offend people. I mean, I'll, I'll openly admit anything he did, Chris Lilly, I would watch. And when he did Smouse and he did the slap my elbow video, yeah, I was laughing. I thought it was funny. Yeah, like he was playing a black rapper living in LA. I mean, it's ridiculous now, but. At the time, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, and then it, someone else had to point out, what about Jonah? And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's probably not all right either. But because he was surrounded by other Pacific Islanders, I figured, oh, yeah, oh, they're all right with it. It's fun. Yeah. Like, everyone, I mean, I everyone, funny. Everyone's in on the joke. But, I mean, the, one of the crazy ones, I don't know if this program ended here, it was like this show, yeah. like, he initially did John Safran versus God. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that. It was no. like kind of like a Louis Theroux style thing. Okay. Um, where he went around like different religions and tried different things. But I, I think, I don't think it was in that series. I think it was like the next one he did where the name escapes me. But basically, I I swear this is true. You know this thing where you're like, you're describing a story mm-hmm. and you're like, this, 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 I couldn't have made it up. Yeah. But basically, he wanted to like infiltrate like a kind of black power like movement. Yeah. So he put on black prosthetics. Oh, yeah. And, like, kind of looked like a black guy. Like, try to be realistic. Like, it wasn't, like, in any way kind of, yeah. like, minstrelly. And then go in and, like, kind of have these conversations as, like, a white Jewish guy right. with this black power move that's, like, only for black people. And I'm like, I mean, I guess there must have been releases signed for this kind of thing. Like, they Did must it have... look realistic? Or well, I, I just remember one line from like one of the black guys being like, "You're the weirdest looking black guy I've ever seen." So yeah. it was realistic, but not, I guess, simultaneously. Yeah. And I'm like, surely that's inappropriate. Like they've yeah. created like a group that is just for black people, where they feel comfortable and safe. And this like white Australian guy is infiltrating it for entertainment. Like I guess like it's it's supposed to be educational, but yeah. like definitely. So it wasn't comedic in any way. It's a serious. 
It, it was comedic as well, yeah. but like that's definitely serious. Kind of yeah, like that's what you know what I mean. Like it was. Yeah. He's like a, he is a comedian, What's but his like name? he's also a journalist. John Safran. John Safran. Yeah, S A F R A N. John Safran. Yeah. It was. It was absolutely recently. Like absolutely. Oh. Yeah. That's not okay. Is that weird? That's not okay. But like for like. <laughs> Oh, I, like obviously, you know, I I understand, you know, the offense around blackface yeah, in general, yeah. but surely doing it in order to trick black people into thinking you're black is worse. Wow, he looks very different. And oh. there's never been a backlash. Like yeah. ever. Like like the the Chris Lee thing in Australia is like pretty intense or whatever. But like there's no mm. one's ever been like, Hey, remember that time? Like anyway, very strange. Yeah, it is a really complicated uh subject and we'll cut most of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny man. What's the funniest thing you ever saw on telly? I mean, oh, I'm, I'm really trying to... See, the funny, the funniest thing is, like, and I know th- this, is, this is probably, like, where I lose any kind of integrity as an artist at all, but I think genuinely most of the funniest things I've ever seen on TV are, like, kind of funniest home video yeah. stuff. Well, that you're you're ahead of the curve because that's basically what TikTok is. Yeah, yeah, just like I'm sorry, but people injuring themselves, yeah, is the funniest thing, especially if you don't know if they're okay. Hmm. Like that's the best. It's like, oh fuck, do you reckon they're okay? We don't know. <laughs> you never know. Like when they're doing, yeah, I mean, it isn't funny, but it's when they have a big wedding and everyone's dancing and the stage just collapsed. Yeah, someone probably died. But it got on telly, so it must Good. be. It's Dude, funny. funny. It's they funny. Got Twenty dollars or whatever for the yeah, video. I just, I, I, I know that that's like not a great. But I'm just trying to think of like the times that I genuinely like lost it, and I'm like, I think it's stuff like that yeah. because, like, you know, I'm, I'm like a big Seinfeld guy. I know that oh, yeah. in the UK, like Seinfeld, like doesn't really have the cultural well, relevance. I love Seinfeld. That it does. I, I sort it out. I know that a, you would. Yeah, yeah, Look, and she got a fucking chart, of course. <laughs> you know where the best TV is. We bonded about different MP3 players. <laughs> of course you fucking know. But, like, most people, like, the BBC, yeah, yeah. like, you know, show up properly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, like, there are, like, some amazing, like, scenes in that, like, you know, Kramer, another you know, problematic figure at this point. Yes. But, like, him sculling the beer while smoking the cigarette simultaneously and yeah. then burping up the smoke. Oh. Like, the thing... Like George running in, pants down, being like, "Say I'm a latex up, like you know, say better." Like just pulling the pulling the golf ball out of his pocket yeah. after the marine biologist. Like just these like incredibly funny, beautifully written things, yeah. but like they just don't they don't beat someone falling over. They Although, just don't. It just reminded me that that George Costanza bit where he runs out and he tries to save himself. Yeah, that's force majeure. That's the movie, isn't it? You know? Oh, you think the one where it's the fire yeah, and he, think, he pushes I, past yeah, the women and children. Yeah, yeah, exactly and then that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like, oh, that's a great scene where like they're just standing outside and like, because it's not actually a fire yeah. and they're like the fireman, like he's explaining to the fireman, like, I just wanted to clear a path for everybody else and like nobody's buying it and the fireman's like, how do you live with yourself? And he's like, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. My favourite Kramer episode actually is where he gets the film set of a chat show. I can't remember who whose it is. 
and he puts uh, it in his flat and he starts interviewing everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so he just weird. turns his flat into the set. <laughs> What's the show? The episode we're talking about is Seinfeld Series 9, Episode 6, where Kramer gets the Merv Griffin talk show set and installs it in his own apartment. Like, just, just because technology advances doesn't mean we do. <laughs> Like, we're still the simple dumb cunts we've always been, but now we're floating. And we got the best line of the podcast so far. <laughs> That's got to be it. That should have been the trailer. Thank you. Thank you very much. It still can be. I, I'm, I'm sure. Trailer gotta, two. Trailer, we'll do seasons. Like I can't wait I, to see I'm the little doing, whiteboard for the trailers. I'm not doing seasons. Imagine doing seasons. You don't do seasons of your podcast. You just do numbers. Oh, dude. Like, I just try to do it on a semi-weekly basis. Like, my podcast is the least organized. It's it terrific. sounds good. The quality is good. Oh, it's good. Just, you just uh, got a little mic and a thing on the road. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay. We had a few sound issues on this one. And at this point, my mic popped so you couldn't hear my question. The question was, what was a show you watched in your teenage years that you're sort of embarrassed about? Well, look, okay, so there's a few ways we could take this. Because, yeah. like, generally, like, I don't, because, like, I'm, a, like, a big OC season one. I think the OC season one is a brilliant season of television, but, like, everyone from my generation liked that. Right. So that's not, like, that might be, like, an embarrassing thing now, but, like, the fucking boys loved it, mate. Yeah. Marissa, what's going to happen? Ryan, Seth, Summer, Anna, it's great stuff. Like, Gossip Girl, kind of the same. Like, I think kind of going back and watching that shit again. Yeah. Like, because I think my wife and I had a crack at, like, going through Gossip Girl again. Like, when we were, you know, like, late 20s, early mm. th- Like, that's that's a bit more embarrassing. But, like, I mean, this this is easily my most embarrassing TV moment. And my wife mocks me about it relentlessly. And I'm happy to share it okay. with your, what I could only assume is a kind and quiet listenership. Um. There, we have Australian Idol. Like you guys, did you guys have British Idol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like we had Australian Idol, and the first season was uh, came down to two people. It was this guy Guy Sebastian, okay, who I think represented us in Eurovision at some point. You know oh, that right. thing that we shouldn't be in, but yeah, we yeah, are yeah, for yeah, some yeah. fucking reason. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's supposed to be a one-off, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then Shannon Knoll was the other one. And basically, Guy Sebastian was like a mixed race, kind of sexually ambiguous Christian man. Uh, and Shannon, no, exactly. I used to have a big afro. Sorry, when he when he did the show, oh, I had a big afro. Oh, okay. Which changes everything. Um, okay. But no, and then Shannon Noel was just like this, you know, on the piss bloke from the country with a goatee okay. who like sung about cars, you know, like that was his kind of vibe. And so it was down to the final two. And I don't know if you know anything about Australia. They're picking the white guy who sings about cars. Yeah. Like that's everything in our culture wrapped up in one fucking vote, right? Yeah. But Guy Sebastian won, uh-huh. and Guy Sebastian would do this cover of John Farnham's You're the Voice. Now, John Farnham's You're the Voice is one of those songs that is very meaningful in Australia that no other country knows anything about, kind of like Dara Braithwaite's Horses, right? Okay. Like, these are culturally significant songs for us that no one else knows shit about. And so I do this cover of John Farnham's You're the Voice, not a song that as a teenager I was particularly attached to, but every time he would do that, I would cry. I would cry as like a 14-year-old boy at an all-boys school. I would weep because it was so beautiful that this fuzzy man could yeah. crush such an Australian song every time. And I think that's... I don't think I told anybody at the time. I don't know if I've said this in any kind of public forum before, but you get it because it's quite early in the morning and I'm sleep-deprived. Oh, so you. I'm willing to reveal more of myself uh, than I usually would. Which I mean emotionally, not physically, because, you know, when it's an audio in the art form, you can't be too careful.
unfortunately, the UK tour will be finished by the time this goes out. Yes. Um, so you'll be up in Edinburgh. I will. And what are you doing after that? Anything else you want to plug? Plug your podcast, obviously. Yeah, I mean, um, I should have a special coming out soon. I've got like one for free on YouTube as is. If you just chuck Daniel Muggleton in YouTube, I think it's the first thing that comes up because it's the longest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there should be a fresh one coming out. Not the show you saw, like another oh, another show. This is you saw the new show. You saw the new shit, um, which is what's coming to Edinburgh. That's called Daniel Muggleton: How the Whitey Have Fallen. Uh, so go check that one out. Um, but then, yeah, just grab me on Instagram, I reckon, at Dan Muggleton. And if you'd like a podcast with significantly less structure, but apparently pretty good audio quality, it's called the Daniel Muggleton Podcast. That's yeah. what that's what it's called. That's yeah. it. Like a diary podcast, isn't it? The last few episodes anyway, that I listened to. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's going to become something. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I just like, I wanted to start it because I just, I don't, I think it's arrogant to assume because I'm good at stand-up comedy that I can just do podcasting. I think they're different art forms. Yeah. So like, I just wanted to start and kind of be shit at that in a very quiet way, and then I'll slowly improve and become more interesting, and it'll become its own thing. Yeah. Whereas at this point, it's just me talking for an hour. That's why I need guests. <laughs> That's what I find. I've got to listen to it like 10 times because I'm editing it. Yes, yeah. like, I don't want to hear my voice that much, you know. Let's, let's get on with this thing. Well, look, that's the difference between you and me, mate. I <laughs> want to hear my voice, potentially even more. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your voice on this podcast, Television Times. So thanks, Daniel, for popping by. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Muggleton came round the house, had a chat, talked for about an hour, some sound issues, and there we are, another episode of The Pod in the bag. I hope you liked it. Now to today's outro track. Today's outro track is called No More Happy Endings. I wrote it in 2001. I think I wrote it backstage at the Fortune Theatre downstairs on a piano in the West End of London. Uh, it came to me sitting on a bus, it will become obvious with the first lyric, where I saw someone across from me who I sort of knew, but I didn't want to talk to them. I, you know, you'd be Facebook friends with them, but you wouldn't actually want to chat to them. This was pre-social media. This has obviously happened a lot more to a lot of you since then. You might see someone, as I have, who you are friends with online, but you don't really want to meet up with them when they suggest a cup of tea if they're in your city. Anyway, it's kind of about that before that existed. So here we go. No more happy endings. Written and recorded in 2001. You see an old friend on the same bus But you don't go over anymore The king of small talk is losing his point But you were so happy once before Now always someone's trying hard to burst your bubble To face the truth would mean we'd have to face the trouble Maybe this is all there is You're in a mini cab, you know you can't afford to pay Surrounded by the kind of people who just make your day They are the reason why you can't think out loud Don't give them half a chance 
the melodies that keep you half awake at night And all the reasons you believe the future ain't so bright Caught in the stampede of a sale price hungry crowd The jokes have killed the clown And always someone's trying hard to burst the bubble To face the truth would mean we have to face the trouble You hate a 28, is it too late To redefine the definition of a perfect mate The years are passing like an overtaking train Too wise to play their game It's like the glitter on a party girl's distorted face To win the trophy when you didn't turn up for the race You give the public what you think they all deserve But have you got the nerve? Cause always someone's trying hard to bust your bubble
So hands up to everybody that thinks I was listening to Ben Folds 5 a lot at the time. <laughs> it's quite apparent, isn't it, in that brass stuff? Uh, I love that song. I really like it. I sing it a bit American-y, which is very strange and unlike me. Uh, but there we are. No more happy endings. I, I really like the tune. I feel like uh, it could do with a re-record and maybe someone else doing it. But it's a great song. If anyone wants to use it, contact me, please. Beep. Okay, so that was Daniel Muggleton's episode. Come back again on Friday for the last of the two-a-week episode weeks. Next week, we'll be back to once a week. Okay, thanks very much. See you next time.